Hey, I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find me live Sunday nights in St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk. And during the week, you can find me posting videos on places like HeidiHarris.com. My guest today, I'm very excited to talk to him. His name is Dane Wigington. He runs a site called geoengineeringwatch.org. Now, I'd heard people talk about chemtrails for years. I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I think I got through Biology 102 in college. This is not my thing. So I think a lot of people see these things in the skies. They think they're, I don't know, vapor trails. That's what we were always told. So I guess there's more to it than that. And there's a lot of concern about how dry things are getting in the West. Is this really engineered? Is this done on purpose? Dane's here, and I'm so excited to talk to him. He's got over 100,000 people following him on YouTube. His channel is Dane Wigington, and I'll put it up on the description, so don't worry about it. You have to remember it, okay? I'll put it all up there in the description of the podcast. But great talking to you, Dane. I'm so glad you're here. You too, Heidi. Very grateful for your voice and the information we're trying to disseminate. That is our only task and purpose at geoengineeringwatch.org. And for your listeners that just briefly, the stated purpose of what we see happening in our, our skies is called geoengineering, solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injection. These are the science terms. All forms of climate engineering, the primary components of these operations are to saturate the atmosphere with light-scattering, electrically conductive particulates that are then manipulated with ground-based radiofrequency microwave transmissions. So this is hard science. These are patented processes. We have Senate documents on our site, 800 pages long, presidential documents. We have about 2,000 total reports on our site. In regard to, and I'll leave it at this, Adi, and give it back to you, but in regard to what's being dispersed in our skies, affecting the precipitation patterns, disrupting the hydrological cycle. That's all hard science. But in regard to what people have been trained and taught to believe is a, quote, condensation trail, very easily and inarguably disproved. We have up-close film footage of these aircraft at altitude, nozzles visible, turning dispersions on and off. End of discussion, end of debate. It is not condensation. We, our team, took a National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration flying lab to altitude with top scientists, sampled the particulates being emitted from these aircraft, processed those samples in one of the world's most renowned labs, all on film, on the records, on our groundbreaking documentary titled The Dimming, which can be viewed for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. We found exactly what we knew we would find, climate engineering elements. And if you look at the data that our group has disseminated, going back 15 years, we stated on the record, it's all online, these reports are archived on our site as well, that if these operations continued, there would be drought catastrophe in the West, period. That is our words. And that's exactly what's happened. Wow. We're speaking with Dane Wickington. Uh, he's with geoengineeringwatch.org, talking about the chemtrails. So, okay, you're going to, like I said, you have to explain this to me like I'm four years old. What is the purpose of chemtrails? You say it's geoengineering. What originally was the purpose? Is it really designed to affect the weather and to affect certain parts of the country more than others? I mean, explain what the motive behind this would be for me. Very important questions. And I, I would just one foot point or a footnote for your listeners. If they're trying to introduce the issue to others, the chemtrails term is okay in a private conversation, but if you're introducing the issue to others, it's very important to use the science terms because if people go and search online, they'll find science and not conspiracy theory and hoax. And the chemtrails term has specifically been marginalized to do that because it's not a science term. Although it's descriptive, I agree, okay in private conversations, but 
in introducing into the issue itself, better to stick to terms like climate engineering. Stated purpose to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy to slow down what is now a runaway climate collapse scenario, which is being made far worse by these programs, not better. No surprise. Heidi, how many commercials have you seen for the latest pharmaceutical concoction that they claim treats a certain symptom, and then you hear the side effects, you wonder who would take that. Right. Well, who would, who would take the shot they've been giving people for the last two years? Don't get me started on that topic. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, bottom line is, this is a weapon of war. Interfering with the climate system, interfering with life support systems of the planet is a weapon of war. And weather warfare is a matter of historical fact, historical record. Project Popeye in Vietnam, the climate is much more malleable than people understand. They think you can't affect the climate. That's absolute nonsense. Uh, so if we have, if we look at available data, they deployed these programs at scale over the polar regions immediately after World War II. Again, the stated purpose to put these light scattering particles into the sky to, to slow down some of the sun's incoming thermal radiation. What else does that do? Destroys the ozone layer, disrupts the hydrological cycle. It contaminates virtually everything on the ground. Uh, the list of downstream effects is, is cataclysmic and unimaginably long. But they're using these programs as a weapon of war without question. After 9-11, I do you might remember that the former NATO Supreme Commander, General Wesley Clark, was given a list of Middle Eastern countries that were to be targeted after 9-11. Seven countries from a list that clearly existed before 9-11 even happened. Every one of those countries subsequently underwent a once-in-1,000-year drought. Statistically and mathematically, that's impossible to have that kind of coincidence unless there's an aspect of the equation we're not being told about that aspect is climate engineering. And to corroborate this, we have the leaders of those countries, in the case of Iraq, for example, on the floor of the United Nations stating that NATO was cutting off their precipitation with weather warfare operations. And that's exactly what's happening to the U.S. West Coast right now. We can speculate on the agendas and objectives, but we can see these operations on satellite imagery completely blowing apart the storm track and cutting off any moisture from the West. So we're not guessing, we're not theorizing, we're not hypothesizing. This is plain and simple climate engineering operations that are disrupting the hydrological cycle and cutting off our rain. Wow. We're speaking with Dane Wigington, and the website is geoengineeringwatch.org. As I said, I'll put all this in the description there of the podcast. So talk to me about carbon dioxide removal. You discuss all of this on your website. So people who want more information can go to your website. People who are more uh, you know, science-minded than I am can check all these things out. Talk a little bit about that. What, what, what aspect of that is involved with this? That's a form of geoengineering, but a form that's meant simply as smoke and mirrors. The carbon dioxide removal plants are consuming more energy and producing more CO2 than they're actually removing from the atmosphere. It's a, it's a complete facade. In regard to the state of the climate, is it as bad as we've been told? No. It's unimaginably worse than anything we've been told. But why is that? Can we, let me stop you there for a second, because I, you know, as a person of faith, I am not a person who believes that human beings have the ability to destroy the earth from the perspective of the kind of car I drive and all these things. And I know that all these carbon, you know, credits that they give you and all the stuff's BS and all of these, you know, actors who fly around the world lecturing us on our use of whatever in their private planes. I don't believe that we have the, the ability from that perspective. But you're talking about something entirely different. I'm talking about all of it. And first, let me, let me back up and, and concur with you in that the hypocrisy of people like Al Gore 
And every single environmental group on the planet, every single one, our, our attorneys at geoengineeringwatch.org have communicated with their attorneys. I'm talking about WWF, Sierra Club, Greenpeace, uh, 350.org, all of them. Total hypocrisy. They will not address the climate engineering issue because they don't want to lose their 501c3 nonprofit. So I have no love for any of these organizations and entities. But that being said, um, if we look at purely statistical data, again, every single form of human activity that affects the energy balance of the planet is definitely a problem. Climate engineering being the biggest problem of all, because climate engineering has prevented the planet from responding to the damage done. Is CO2 necessary for plant growth and so forth? Yes, of course. Water's necessary, too. And this is where the equation, I, I, I challenge people because I don't want to divide the tribes, if you will. I want to unite people. And I, I'm simply, the, the bottom line premise I would state with all of this is that no matter what a person's perspective is in the climate, can we have any legitimate discussion of the climate without addressing climate engineering first and foremost? Right. The single biggest factor in the equation, but not the only factor. So in regard to CO2, its effect, and, and you, you've heard that argument probably, Heidi, right? CO2 is great for plants, the more the better. You've heard that before, right? Of course. Okay, but again, so is water. If you put that plant underwater, it's going to die quickly. It's not adapted to live underwater. And the same is too, true when you change atmospheric chemistry, when you have organisms that have adapted over extraordinary long lengths of time, and you change that atmospheric chemistry, including adding more CO2, they can't adapt to that. Some can deal with it depending on the amount of soil nutrients and so forth. And you hear about the greenhouses, they pump CO2 into their greenhouses, right? Some of the farmers mm -hmm. heard that probably. Right. And that's true. But they are radically augmenting those soils, and they pump that CO2 out at night. That's what you don't hear. You can't just leave it that way. So there's so many factors on all sides of this equation we're not being told. But the bottom line is, and I think all of us hopefully will agree on this, we've been very bad stewards of our planet, very bad stewards. Yeah. Climate engineering, playing God with the weather, the epitome of that bad stewardship. And, the, and, and this is key, too. These operations are not benevolent. I can't state that strongly enough. It's not that you have a group of scientists that's trying to do something positive and to slow down the warming of the planet, to keep business as usual. No. This is about masking the severity of what's unfolding from the population while making it worse and using weather as a weapon. And you've, uh, Heidi, do you remember in, uh, for example, well, let's go back even earlier this year. Did you happen to see a month ago in Denver, it went from 94 degrees to snow and yeah. back to 94 in three days? Yeah, it was, what, Denver's crazy weather, always crazy weather. But, yeah, it's just been nuts what's gone on. Okay, but that's not nature. Mm -hmm. Denver's used for these operations a lot because Denver's a basin. You know, it sits in a bowl. So we have a part of these operations called chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. These are patented processes. Chinese government openly announced they were engineering snowstorms. What's that mean? It means they're seeding cloud moisture with ice-forming materials. They're called endothermic reacting materials, like the ski slopes. How do you have seen ski slopes where the ski slopes full of snow and the rest of the mountains bare? Yeah, you've certainly seen that, and, and I'd love to see some snow in, uh, where outside of where I am in Vegas sometime. <laughs> we can never get any. The point is that they can manufacture frozen material right. that's called snow, okay? And they, they can do the same with cloud moisture, and they are. And again, we're testing the precipitation, so we know. We're not guessing. So what happens in Denver is, again, when you go from a record high of 94 to snow in a day, when that moisture moves overhead and they seed it with these materials, it creates a cold, dense layer of air that descends to the surface. It may only be a few hundred feet or a thousand feet thick, but you have frozen material within that, radical cool down, lots of headlines. People go, where's the global warming? Yeah, it was here yesterday and it's going to be here tomorrow, but where is it today? And it confuses and divides the population as to the true state of the climate. 
and keeps them in fighting, which the government loves to keep us in fighting. And again, that's a major aspect of climate engineering operations is engineering winter. Do you remember in 2014 when they hyped the Boston snows, record snow in Boston? Remember yeah, that? yes. Okay, what didn't they tell us? They didn't tell us that, oh, by the way, 14,000 feet up in the Sierras, there's nothing, nothing. So I'm simply saying that we're selectively fed what they want us to see and believe. In the meantime, this elephant in the sky rages on. And, and again, we have film footage of this. We have up-close photographs of these nozzles, retrofit nozzles mounted on the wing pylons, uh, designed to spray into the exhaust jet stream to make this look like, quote, condensation. Let me add this to the equation. Um, we know that all military tankers and all commercial aircraft have what's called a high-bypass turbofan jet engine. That's a jet-powered fan. 90% of the air that moves through that engine is not combusted. That engine is nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail except under rare and extreme circumstances. And on condensation, when you exhale, if you, if you look at researchers in the Arctic on a documentary or Antarctica, and you see their condensation, do you see a cloud hanging over their head mm. for an hour afterward? No. Condensation doesn't do that. Only a particulate can do that. These are particulates. and. We have hundreds of lab tests from all over the globe. Aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers. Now we know graphene. Uh, if you've been studying the injections, you know graphene has showed up in the injections as well. We have graphene showing up in our rain. How does graphene get in our rain? We found the science studies advocating for graphene as an ice nucleating element, i.e. an element that can nucleate cloud moisture, cause it to form ice much quicker at much higher temperatures. Now it's in our rain. So where does this come from? We're speaking with Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. I said I'll put all the information there in the description. Where does it come from? Where did it get started? And when you talk about it being warfare, that would mean that other countries would be doing it to us on purpose. It sounds like we've done it to other countries on purpose. What about other countries doing it to us on purpose? And if that were true, wouldn't our military notice this? Well, here's the paradox. All major powers are colluding and cooperating together in these programs. We have Senate documents to prove that. They're all, they're all going, let me, I'm asking a lot of, I've got to slow you down because you're so, oh, you no talk problem. as fast as I do, which is good. Got a lot of information. So all of these countries you believe, the ones who can do this, are colluding. What's their goal? To try to affect the weather period? I mean, what, what is playing God? What, what are they trying to do? Hurt each other? What's the goal? Again, if we look at global temperature graphs, and, and I, I want to stress, this is not about gore and the environmental groups and all the hypocrisy, but the fact of the matter is we've altered the energy balance of the planet. If we look at temperature graphs immediately after World War II, they were going straight up. But suddenly, miraculously, after World War II, at least statistically, they leveled off. No scientific explanation for that except climate engineering. We know governments around the globe realized if they kept doing business as usual, the sand in the hourglass would run out very quickly, that we would hit the wall very quickly. And they believed in their hubris that they could mask or slow down the warming of the planet by mimicking a volcano, by mimicking the cooling effect of a volcano, putting massive amounts of particulate matter into the air. And that's exactly what they did. And again, we have Senate documents specifically calling for the cooperation between otherwise adversarial powers. These documents are on, the home, on geoengineeringwatch.org, by the way. If, they, if your listeners search geoengineeringwatch.org documents, look through our whole section. The important parts are highlighted. Specifically calling for the cooperation between otherwise adversarial programs on the, or, or countries on these programs, because you can't just geoengineer over your own country without affecting the entire world. 
and they all have their reasons for doing so because none of them are about to give up their industrialized war machines, and they know they need to mask the severity of what's unfolding from the populations if they expect the populations to continue to help them build those war machines and to keep business as usual. So you have to look at this in a very wide context, and this is a, a method of um, keeping business as usual until the last possible moment using weather as a weapon, and, re- and in regard to any notion that it's some other country inflicting weather warfare on us, I want to I kill that notion right now. No chance. There's no chance our military doesn't know everything going on over our country, and I want to put this into context. The U.S. military has three times more jet aerial tankers, three times more than all other militaries in the world combined. The U.S. military, by far, the biggest player in these operations. Further, we know the U.S. military is leasing no less than 400 commercial aircraft with commercial markings on it. So when people say, well, I see that commercial aircraft spraying, how can that be? One, it could be a leased tanker with the U.S. military, or two, we know commercial aircraft are being used in these dispersions because we have film footage of them doing so. That does not implicate commercial personnel, does not implicate commercial pilots who call into shows like this and say, ah, I, admit, you know, I don't have anything to do with this, I never heard of it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're protecting their paychecks and pensions. We're not saying they're involved, but their aircraft are absolutely being involved. We have film footage to prove it. Much smaller payloads. Heidi, do you remember when the luggage thing came up with the aircraft 20 years ago? All of a sudden it was a big concern, had to limit your luggage. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay, that's when we feel the commercial fleet was really put into use. They needed to reduce the payload weights to allow enough to carry some payload of the climate engineering elements. And that's when all that came together. So there's all these pieces of the puzzle completely fit. And the bottom line is, with film uh, time-lapse footage, I, I mean, it doesn't take a, a lot of research or understanding to see when you're looking at time-lapse footage of what's coming out of these aircraft can cover the entire horizon. That's not condensation, yeah. period. That's unbelievable. We're super with Dane Wigington, geoengineeringwatch.org. He's the lead researcher. I'm looking at your website here, and you've got a lot of great information. Like I said, I'll put it in the description. But you talk about one of the things is engineering wildfires. Why would anybody want to engineer a wildfire? There was that huge wildfire you mentioned Colorado a couple of years ago that everybody said was unprecedented. Of course, a lot of the ones in California are caused by PG&E. Uh, I know it's dry, but it's PG&E and their power lines and this and that. But talk to me about why anybody would want to engineer wildfires. Very important question you brought up, and I would encourage people to watch. That's one of our most important reports. It's titled, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. And here's what we can say conclusively. The source of ignition is another subject completely. That can be any one of a million different causes. Right. But what is setting the template for these fires to burn with such ferocity? And that is absolutely, positively climate engineering. And we located, it's in that report I just mentioned, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, we located the science study advocating for extremely hot burning forest fires to put enough particulate matter into the sky, which rotates toward the polar regions because of the Coriolis effect, the spin of the Earth, and that causes temporary cooling in the polar regions to mimic the short-term cooling effects of volcanic eruptions, which, by the way, I stress short-term, and we now have NASA study, the most extensive of its type, proving what geoengineeringwatch.org has stated from day one, that by putting these particles in the atmosphere, only very short-term cooling, followed by 
a much worsened overall warming, destroyed ozone layer, disrupted hydrologic cycle, and completely contaminated planet. So that's, they don't look at the side effects the same as the pharmaceuticals don't look at the side effects of what they do. But bottom line is, we know with absolute certainty climate engineering has set the stage for these fires to burn with such ferocity. How? One, they're cutting off precipitation. Forests are dying because of that. Two, the precipitation that does fall is toxic, starting with metals like aluminum. We have peer-reviewed study to prove aluminum kills soil microbiome. The root systems of trees sense this material. They shut down nutrient uptake. They begin to die a slow, protracted death. Three, these materials, like aluminum, barium, strontium, they're incendiaries. It's an incendiary dust that's settling over everything, forest foliage, the forest floor, and so forth. Four, we have an ozone layer that's disintegrating, climate engineering being the single greatest cause of ozone layer destruction. And that's allowing incredibly intense UV radiation, which you can feel on your skin. For those that think the sun feels very hot of late, sun hasn't changed, but atmosphere has. It's much, much less able to protect us now. And that's burning the trees. Next, we have an electrically conductive atmosphere that's much drier because these particles are desiccants. I do you know aluminum is a desiccant? They used it in deodorant. Remember that? Right. So it dries out the atmosphere. You combine all these elements, and it is setting the stage for these fires to burn with unimaginable ferocity, and they are. We hear the fire uh, officials stating they've never seen anything burn like this. You know, they can't control it. They can't contain it. So you add that to the science studies we have advocating for intense forest fire burns to provide temporary cooling for the polar regions. And now let's add it to this. As an example, last July, the Arctic ice extent, the surface ice on the sea, was at record low. Because of all the smoke that entered the polar regions, by the end of the melt season, it was only the ninth lowest, and the science community acknowledged it was because of the smoke. Put all the puzzle pieces together. Are they that desperate? Yes, they are. Same as the pharmaceutical industry, they will um, kill the body to hide the symptom. And that's what they do. Yeah, no kidding. Same mentality. Another topic entirely, and I totally agree with you 100% on that. I'm horrified of what I'm seeing here in our country. People dropping dead every day. All you got to do is Google every day, died suddenly. That, that's all people have to do. If they won't even do that, I, whatever. And, you know, I'm sure you and I would agree on that. All cause death across the board is off the scale. Yeah. Life insurers, yep. uh, you, you've probably seen that. Oh, yeah. they, they're acknowledging that. And, and again, now let's connect all these dots up, though. As geoengineering.org stated on the record before the CV-19 scenario ever happened, that as the power structure could not hide biosphere collapse, which means the planet can't support populations any longer, they would play very big cards. And the three things that we stated over and over before any of this happened, false flag events, global conflict, and pathogen release. Yeah. One of those has certainly been in full swing for a while now. The second one is about to happen. And how many false flags have we had? You know, we can't know that with, with uh, absolute certainty, but certainly it's happening. So the bottom line is they are at warp speed, if I could put that pun in this equation, they are trying to thin the herd. And, and for those that think all of this sounds too fantastic, you won't think that for long. I don't, sure yeah, you. I'm with you. The fisheries I, collapsing around the world, yeah. we have crops collapsing, and we've seen an absolutely consistent, you've seen all the food processing plants that are burnt, Heidi? Yep. Crops are being hit with even more consistency. Climate, cataclysm, consistency. They either wipe it out with uh, unprecedented hailstorms, unprecedented flooding, or unprecedented drought. They are hammering crops all over the world, and that is not nature. Not to say that we wouldn't have problems without climate engineering. I'm not saying that. We have, again, been horrible stewards of the planet. 
But climate engineering is making a bad situation unimaginably worse, and they are absolutely using it as a weapon. Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, now, what's their end game there? We're trying to hurt the crops, trying to affect the crops. Is that, once again, also trying to manage the population? I, I do believe, ultimately, the shot is obviously clearly going to kill hundreds of millions of people. I don't doubt that for a second. I, I think it's just a question of when, not if people die from it. I, we, I would we, agree. It's, it's insane. But what about the, you know, with the crops? I mean, are they, are, are they actively trying to destroy as many crops as we can? Some people say, and I, maybe it's conspiratorial, maybe it's not. People like Bill Gates you know, want you to eat fake meat. So that's why he's trying to destroy the crops or he's buying more land or the Chinese are buying more land. I mean, t tie this all together for me, Dane. has nothing to do with capitalism ultimately. Are there disaster capitalists? Yes. There's always pirates trying to fill their pockets with loot as the ship goes down. It will not do them any good on the current course. On the current course, nobody gets out alive. What they are trying to do is thin the herd. And so when you have, let, let me back us up to the, the we do a weekly update at GOG Watch. We pay for airtime all over the country, uh, high six figures. We pay out of pocket, no commercials, no politics. The beginning of our broadcast, again, called Global Alert News, on the homepage of GeoengineeringWatch.org every week posted in addition to being on air. The beginning of that broadcast, very beginning, is a film clip of President Lyndon Johnson in 1962 ranting like a lunatic, again, on film on the record, stating we had the power to control the world's cloud layer then, in 1962, 60 years ago, and quote, he who controls the weather controls the world. So let me add to that. He who controls the weather controls the food supply, thus controls the population, thus controls the world. That's simple. Hmm. Wow. It's crazy. So talk to me specifically about what's happening in the West. I mean, here I'm out in Vegas. You see the lake. We all see it. Uh, I, I, when I grew up, already it had gone down a little bit. I've got pictures of me standing on the dock when I was like six or eight years old. And you already see a little bit of a line on the mountains, but nothing like it is now. And I remember being out there in 1983 when it was literally going over the spillways, the highest level it had ever been. Now we know how bad it is. Is it just going to get worse? I mean, should people seriously think about just leaving the West? And if, if this is all geoengineering and that, that's going to happen everywhere, what difference is it going to make where people live? Talk to me about that. I'm, I'm quite familiar with Lake Mead. I spent a lot of time there. I grew up in Southern California. Um, because this is an artificial condition, to move somewhere wouldn't make sense, I, in my opinion, because this artificial, massive climate engineering Manhattan scenario could change overnight, and all the conditions would change with it. What they have done is keep the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 anomalously wetter and cooler than the entire rest of the world. I'm speaking with, from statistical data. Since 2012, the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 has been the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world. That's not nature. That's climate engineering from the biggest military in the world that's keeping the most populated part of the U.S. confused and divided as the true state of the climate while they destroy the food-supplying regions in the West. And these processes, again, of, of cutting off our precipitation, let me... I want to make this clear. When we have the environmental groups claiming that this is all global warming, the lack of rain is global warming, that is not true. The planet's not just warming, it's in total meltdown, but it should be raining more, not less. The laws of physics, I'm, I'm, we are a completely science-based site, and no one in the science community will debate us on this issue because we've done that on air. We, we mop the floor with them. They won't come back for more because the data's on our side. So to add to this equation on the drought, not being a result of global warming, 
The atmosphere holds 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming. We believe from frontline data we're past 3.5 degrees C right now. Not 1.5, 3.5 now. It should be raining far more, but it's not. If it's not, there's a reason, there's a fact in the equation we're not being told about. That factor is climate engineering. These desiccant particles, they, they block direct sunlight. That slows down evaporation. They affect convection, which affects winds, which then, again, slows down evaporation. Polymer fibers are a part of their mix, and they're coating the sea surface with polymer fibers, which again reduces evaporation. So from all these aspects, this is climate engineering affecting the hydrological cycle to a degree that can scarcely be imagined. It has to rain more on a warming planet. The laws of physics say so. And all the climate modeling prior to the year 2000 showed the greatest overall increase in precipitation in the whole Western U.S., or the whole U.S. in the Western U.S., it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? Because climate engineering was ramped up off the scale. Again, we can see them on satellite imagery completely breaking up the storm track coming into the west. It's a 2 plus 2 equals 4 equation. And, and let me, for the listeners, Heidi, that would probably say, well, how come our meteorologists aren't talking about this? How come the National Weather Service isn't talking about this? How about this? Because there's a federal gag order on the National Weather Service <laughs> yeah. in NOAA. Can you imagine that, Heidi? Same reason they're not talking about who's dropping dead from the vaccine. You know, come on, Dane. We know, we know why they're not talking about so, it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we have the whole medical community pretending it's okay. Yeah. They, pretending that sudden adult, adult death syndrome is a thing. Yeah. That's another topic exactly. for another day. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah exactly. I, you know, I'll tell you what. I'm one of the few talk show hosts who will have these doctors on who will talk about this. I won't back down. I've been banned from YouTube and Vimeo and everything else. I don't care. I'm not going to stop because I, I know... It's the biggest lie perpetrated on mankind in my lifetime, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, so it, it is. It's, it's connected. It's all connected. Again, the the planet's life support systems are failing. The ozone layer. If we take that one issue by itself, if we had no other threats, we face a functional collapse of the ozone layer in as little as 24 months. We're getting UVC in the surface now. And again, climate engineering single greatest causal factor. Period. We're getting UVC in the surface now. That's a DNA-damaging spectrum of UV radiation. It's, it's killing crops. We, in fact, last week, Heidi, uh, you can search this online. Search um, uh, tropical ozone hole. Mm -hmm. you, you'll still find it. We had a Newsweek covered it, Popular Science. This is just last week. We had a leak that the power structure did not want, certainly didn't want. And, and on Wednesday of last week, there was a dozen articles on the massive ozone depletion that's affecting at least half the world's population. It's actually much worse. It's much bigger. It's affecting the whole population. But we had a massive leak. And Thursday, the very next day of last week, Google wiped all those clean from a search of ozone hole and only had a debunking article left. But those articles are still out there. We had a, we had a leak in the science community that acknowledged what geoengineering watch has been sitting on the record because we have a NASA, former NASA contract engineer works directly for us metering ozone. and we're, So we're not guessing on that either. Metering UV radiation, excuse me. We're not talking about surface ozone, different, different scenario. We're talking about atmospheric ozone that blocks UV. So it's getting hard to hide, but that issue alone, which climate engineering is, is primarily responsible for, that's an existential threat in the next few years, that issue alone. No crops. When the ozone layer has a functional collapse, that doesn't mean you instantly vaporize. It means that there's no more food. It means the insect population is done. Insect population already down 80 to 90%. If the insects can't make it, how long are we going to be here? Wow. Plankton population is crashing. The UV radiation is the single greatest cause for all of that. 
Climate engineering is the core factor creating it. What about the hurricanes and geoengineering? Is that affecting hurricanes at all? Absolutely. Hurricane modification started at the U with the U.S. military, Project Cirrus, in 1947. I would encourage your listeners to search geoengineeringwatch.org hurricanes, and they can see, for example, we captured the radio frequency microwave transmissions. We captured those transmissions interacting with the storm. All of this is on our post for Hurricane Harvey. If they search geoengineeringwatch.org hurricane Harvey, it held that storm in place to cause it to do what it did. And you can see that actual transmission interacting with the storm on our recordings and see it holding it in place. And that's how meteorologists know a week in advance that that's what's going to happen because that's what's scheduled to happen. And again, the meteorologists, federal gag order on National Weather Service and National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and they are literally reading scripts handed down to them by Raytheon, private defense contractor Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, that do all the weather modeling for the nation's weathermen. Don't our weathermen know how to do weather modeling? They have to have it from a defense contractor. Those are defense contractors that are neck deep in climate engineering. So they literally have to make the, quote, forecast because it has to match. That's the schedule weather, and that goes all the way down to the local meteorologist. Well, okay, so let me back up again. So in the case of Hurricane Harvey, we'll just use that one, and people once again can go to your website and find this information out. Hurricane Harvey, do, does you feel like the geoengineering is creating Hurricane Harvey, or they are able to manipulate Hurricane Harvey or any other hurricane to stay longer before it hits landfall or whatever else? You feel like that can be manipulated after it's created, or talk Very to me about that very important question. We are making no claims as to the spawning of these storms. Okay, got it. What we are stating is they are absolutely inarguably being steered. A warmer planet will spawn more cyclonic rotations, period. But we can positively say they're being steered because we can see it happening. We've, we've recorded multiple hurricane landfalls being steered by RF microwave transmission networks. We have the animation is completely recording, interacting with the storms. It's, it's shocking footage we have. Encourage your listeners to search those and, and examine it. And, and let me back up to what you asked about the eastern moisture and the western being dry. You've heard of them talk about the ridiculously resilient ridge of high pressure that blocks all our rain? Right. Okay, that's a new meteorological term. What you have, you have multiple types of ground-based transmissions that affect the atmosphere differently. You've heard of HARP, probably, Heidi? HARP, you mean the program? No, HARP uh, in Alaska. Uh, it's, uh, if you haven't heard of that, no. your listeners may have heard of that. The acronym is capital H-A-A-R-P. Okay, I'm writing this down. Okay. Okay, HARP is an ionosphere heater. It is a weapon of mass destruction. It there's no question it exists. There's no controversy. There's no uh, speculation on this. I mean, this is a, a massive radio frequency transmitter in Alaska. It's stated purpose is to heat the ionosphere. It beams up to three and a half million watts into the ionosphere. It's steerable, it's directional. It's in uh, Gukona, Alaska. And the images, you can, you can find images of the whole facility online. There's, you know, dozens. And this, this is designed to do what? Affect the, affect the climate up in Alaska? I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, no, I'm gonna back this down all the way to the west coast of the US. Okay. It's a directional transmitter. So it can heat the atmosphere, for example, even above the US west coast. That causes an electrical chain reaction in the ionosphere, heats it to extraordinarily high temperatures, and that causes the atmosphere to bulge up and down. That downward push of air from that heating atmosphere is a high-pressure heat dome. You see that term all the time now in meteorology. Oh, sure, right. Heat dome. Uh-huh, right. 
that high-pressure heat dome causes the upper-level winds to spin clockwise in the northern hemisphere around that heat dome. So picture this massive heat dome. And we have satellite imagery that's just shocking of a perfectly circular perimeter of no cloud formations entering that heat dome. And that, is, that can only be done by these types of facilities. So picture this massive heat dome over the west. All the moisture spins around us, up through British Columbia where they flood, back down into the eastern U.S. where everything floods. It's a diversion of moisture. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Wow. That's exactly what's happening. And we have, if they, on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org, we have the engineering drought section, engineering winter section, engineering wildfire section, extensive reports in all of those. Yeah, I see that, creating a, a storms. Lot more than most would like to know. Yeah, creating storms and all these different things. So, mm -hmm. what, you know, what are people... You know, what they say, all politics is local, right? When it comes right down to it, I mean, what do people in the West do? Because you're, you're talking about the food being affected, obviously. We're very dependent here in Nevada. There's not a lot that we can grow. We can grow a few things, tomatoes, squash, whatever, both of which I don't like. Um, and so, there, you know, we're dependent on crops in California. We're dependent on crops, you know, all over the world, obviously. So what, you know, what's the best way for people to prepare? I mean, you know, if it's going to continue to be dry like this, who knows how long it'll be? And, and what do you suggest people do? It's going to be dry as long as they want it to be dry. It's that simple. They control the spigot. They have us by the throat, literally by the throat. Again, as Johnson said 60 years ago, he who controls the weather controls the world. We're not dealing with sanity. We're dealing with a cancer. Does a cancer intend to kill its host? Because people ask that. Why would they do this to themselves? Why would they bring the planet down? That's not their intent. Their intent is to keep the stranglehold on power, and they are willing to do anything to accomplish that end. And a cancer doesn't intend to kill its host, but the host always dies because a cancer intends to proliferate unchecked. And that's exactly what we're dealing with here. So uh, bottom line is we're in a fight for life. And, that, and none of this is even taking into account what we're breathing. With every breath we take, and let's weave this back into COVID again, with every breath we take, we're inhaling aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers. It's in all of our tests. It's showing up now recent articles of the polymer fibers in people's organs, bloodstreams, livestock. It's in everything. Yes, we have decomposing plastic in the environment, but these are manufactured particles, different animal. So that's a fight for life by itself, isn't it? If we can't breathe without sucking these particles in, it's killing us, no question. And now we know graphene's in the mix, and graphene is used for a biological carrier, i.e. it can be used to carry a biological from the cloud to the ground. So if you don't want to take the injection and they feel they're losing control and they need to level the playing field, they can do that overnight, literally. And, and we have... And people think the U.S. military wouldn't do this to its own citizens as of 1977. And I hope it's clear I'm not shooting from the hip. Is that evident, kind Yes. Of, that I'm not, yes. I mean, I know this data inside out and backwards. As of 1977, there were 239 recorded cases of the U.S. military conducting open-air biological tests on innocent, unknowing U.S. populations. And that's as of 77. How many mm -hmm. cents? So um, they can do whatever they want to us. Back to the water, the food, the crops. Uh, we have to keep the ship afloat, or any amount of preparation won't mean anything. Nothing. Right. I mean, there's only so, so much food and water you can store if, if you're not able to get to it. Correct. I mean, you'd think that at some point, I mean, there's, I'm just thinking of the West here because we're, you know, we're the ones who are really suffering with the dryness right now, and, you know, Arizona, Nevada specifically. You'd think about all the people who live here, all the money that's here. I guess all these developers have houses in some other place they can move to if it gets really rough. But, you know, what, what would be the point of, of trying to continue to, to strangle us like they're doing? Again, just, just power? A, is it just, is it just planet, power? You have a planet that cannot support the current paradigm. Mm -hmm. Can't. It mm -hmm. would take five planets to even begin to level off the trajectory of, quote, sustainable. So-called renewable energy 
isn't. That's part of my background. I work for Bechtel Power Corporation, the largest engineering firm in the world. I left at a young age because of the corruption I saw. My home was on the cover of the world's largest renewable energy magazine. I have wind, hydro, and solar. Those are alternative forms of energy, but they are by no means renewable. And, and so this notion of the so-called environmental community that green energy is going to save us, it's absolute nonsense. Yeah, of course. And, and so there is no silver bullet. There's no other card to play. And we are about to hit the wall. That's a given. But we could still change the flavor of that impact if we wake up enough people, if enough people realize or at least adopt the philosophy that we're here for a reason, and that reason isn't just to pursue personal pleasures until nothing's left at the expense of our posterity. We need to try to expose what's happening in our skies. That is the single greatest and most immediate threat we face, short of nuclear cataclysm. And even then it ties in, because I mentioned the, dis the destroyed ozone layer. Mm -hmm. Now if we have a massive coronal mass ejection, a, a solar flare, and we have nuclear plants, the, the grids shut down to those plants all over the world, and we have nuclear plants that can't cool themselves, now we have Fukushima times 100. Game over. Wow. Now speaking of, we're speaking with Dane Wigington, Speaking of that, you know, the, the nuclear aspect, what if there was some kind of nuclear war? If someone says nuclear missiles over here or anywhere near, you know, our edges of our country, how does that, how is that affected by this geoengineering? There could be radio frequency transmission aspects of this. We don't know that may be used for some sort of EMP offense or defense. But, again, when dealing with the defense industry, they simply do not... Uh, consider as a part of their equation the fact that the whole ship's going down from their insanity. They don't. I mean, for those that say they wouldn't do this themselves, they already have. They already have. We have Fukushima's triple nuclear meltdown, no technology to fix it, no end in sight, extinction level event by itself if other factors don't get the job done first, which I would argue is the case. We know that those in power have detonated 2,400 nuclear bombs. 2,400. It's contaminated everything on the planet. But they did it anyway. We know they detonated hydrogen bombs in the magnetosphere with no idea what it would do. They thought it might collapse the atmosphere, but they did it anyway. And even with Fukushima being what it is, they're building 60 more nuke plants right now. We have 440 online, all of which will go into meltdown at some point when society collapses and it's coming at blinding speed. We're not dealing with sanity, and the society's not behaving sanely either, I'm sorry to say. I mean, I've been... I've been in this fight for so long, Heidi, I, I mean, it's, I, I just can't do otherwise. It's my nature. I just I can't face myself in the mirror if, or my, my children if I don't do this. But even those that, uh, let's, let's take the so-called elite, you know, Gavin, Governor Newsom, it's a, definitely a tool for the power structure. I think we'd agree on that. Oh, sure. And I've had private meetings with Gavin and his top aide in the Capitol presenting this data, and they simply don't care. No. They don't. They won't acknowledge it. They're, they feel they're safe in their their bubble of privilege. And there's a delusion there that is unbreakable. And in fact, let's add that to the equation. Psychoanalysis, this is straight from the manual. Those in power have various forms of psychosis, and the, the psychoanalysis points out the common thread that there's a near total lack of comprehension as to the consequences of them of their actions even to themselves just like a cancer right same thing 
Yeah, that's true. A lot of these people don't, they don't care how it affects other people. They only care about how it affects them or their political career or whatever else. They, they truly, not, what do you think the percentage of people who just absolutely ignore it, won't even acknowledge it, won't even entertain the thought or listen to what you have to say versus the ones who know and are just quiet, either they're because they're complicit, because they're scared. You know, what's the percentage? Because there are always the people that who, who don't know, and, and you know, like the vax. There are people who don't know. They really don't know. They really think it was a good thing. Then there are people who are in on it who know exactly what it's doing and don't care because they've got some kind of benefit that's coming to them. So what do you think the situation is with, the, with the, what you're seeing with the geoengineering? All very important questions. Depends on the region, how affected it is. Again, you have people in the east that don't care about anything because it feels cool and wet to them. They don't know what all the <laughs> right. turmoil is about. It's not enough, I can tell you that, but I will say this. When I began this battle 20 years ago, I could only hear my own voice coming back at me, and no one would listen to anything. And now we have, again, defense industry people in the film The Dimming. We have two U.S. Air Force generals, one two-star general, a brigadier general, acknowledging this issue, former Canadian Minister of Defense acknowledging this issue, Former Premier of British Columbia, same. Former uh, Bush Cabinet member official, same. Fish and Game officials, the Forest Service. We have very, very credible professionals um, that are fully acknowledging this issue, the ones with the courage to do so. Although courage is in short supply in our society, is it not? I mean, same <laughs> with the CB-19 scenario. But the bottom line is um, we face a very near-term fight for life. If anyone's going to make it through what's coming, it will take all of us to focus on the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat first. Doesn't That makes sense, right? I mean, we have a lot of challenges, and I'm not negating those challenges. But if we don't keep the boat afloat, nothing else matters. Right. We have to preserve the planet's life support systems before there's nothing left. And if we have to expose this for the reason being that I can't stress this enough, if those in power feel they're really losing control of the narrative, and they put something much more lethal in the aerosol particle dispersions that are occurring in our atmosphere, game over. Right. Are you a person of faith, Dane? I believe this all didn't just happen. And I, the, for me, the forest is my cathedral, and this is my post. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, I would say absolutely a resounding yes. I, I don't subscribe to any particular denomination or belief system, but I feel I don't own my life, I owe it. Right. I owe it to the whole, to the creator, and that is why I will never cease in this battle. Never. Right, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't know how I would get through some of the crazy things that are going on in this world if I didn't know that God's in charge and ultimately he's still on the throne. I mean, that's the way I see the world. And so if that's it, how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the same, and that whatever miraculous, unimaginably benevolent force that could do this could do anything i would argue i mean i i look at a i could look at a dragonfly or or um, you know a, a, an animal an elephant a, you know a, anything they're in the miraculous sense of nature creation the whole it's it's so beyond what we can comprehend that isn't it incumbent on us to do our part yes. no matter what no matter how daunting the odds no matter how um overwhelming we're only required to do our part. And if we do, who knows what we can accomplish, yeah. even at this late hour. That's true. As all we can do is what we, the be we can do the best we can with what we have while we're here. That's all we're and, really and, called and that, to do. that might be magnified more times than we can even imagine if we just simply, uh, I, I've, I've summited the peaks that, that uh, I 
from the bottom thought I could never make. And, and you just keep marching. You keep marching. Yeah. At the end of the day. That's what you do. So the best thing people can do, I'm sure, is just to make themselves aware of what's going on and, and continue to uh, check out yeah. websites like yours and, and pay attention because, you know, it's also scary that a lot of people think they're informed about various things, and they're not because Google won't let you see uh, the opposing viewpoint so often. On, on a, to leave people so they're not unarmed and, and stupefied by this conversation, we can do profound good by simply, if we reach a critical mass of awareness and those in the military know what they're participating in and want to stress that they definitely don't know, they don't know that they're contributing to something that's killing your own countrymen. We need to change that quickly. Share credible data from a credible source. And we offer that at geoengineeringwatch.org. And we're non-political. We don't advertise the materials. We actually send out at, our printed materials are less than our cost. Mm. We're oh. simply trying to get them in circulation because a picture is worth a thousand words, as the proverb goes. Or you can share the links for free from our homepage. Find the authors of environmental articles. Um, agency officials, send them links. Help us to start spot fires of awareness. If we can push this issue to the full light of day, the fur would fly all yep. over the globe. Shockwave. Populations realize what's been done to them without their knowledge or consent. And I would argue if we can reach that critical mass of awareness, we can alter the equation, even at this late hour. But, yeah. but don't go out unarmed. Don't just run out in the street and point at the sky and start <laughs> ranting. That just shuts people down. You know? So if, if you share that credible data, say, please investigate. This is real. It's being done. The effects are grave, and it just less is more. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's uh, yeah. Dan, Dan, I can't even thank you enough for for being here. Geoengineeringwatch.org is the website. Thank you. I'm going to send people the link. You know, put it up here on the podcast and everything, so people know how to get a hold of you and educate them. You've got all kinds of great information about engineering winter and wildfires and creating storms and the harp thing you mentioned in Alaska and uh, the tree die off. You've got all these informa this information, all these documents, all the stuff up there for people to avail themselves of. And I hope they certainly do it. And God bless you for what you're doing, trying to promote awareness, because it, it, we're living in a world full of people who don't even want to know the truth about anything anymore, Dane. It's frightening. <laughs> I. What you just said, I, it goes through my head a hundred times a day. I, I thank you for saying that. I'm yeah. with you a hundred percent. The honor is mine. Uh, thank you very much for giving your voice to this cause. Well, thank you. Once again, that website is geoengineeringwatch.org. Check it out. It is a wealth of information. So just, you know, listen, take it for what it's worth. I think you should look into it. I always tell people, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a scientist. Half of what he said, I was thinking, what? <laughs> so take some time to look into it for yourself. Come to your own conclusions. I'm big on that. Don't forget, you can find me Sunday nights, 97.1 FM Talk, St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. And during the week, you can find me doing videos at HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, please do your own research. Think for yourself. And remember that you were created for a purpose. Here's the great Tony Scottwell. Well.